Hey, York Alliance. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Wednesday, October 4th. Hope you're doing well today. It's a beautiful day in Southern California, or at least it's starting that way. Uh, Hopefully it is a wonderful day there for you as well. And hope you are doing well as we pursue Jesus, uh, turning the corner into the fall and uh, starting to uh, get some real traction into the school year and uh, movement as we uh, dig into the fall practice series. Uh, Really looking forward to this uh, unfolding as we go and uh, looking forward to uh, what it looks like for us to be people who preach the gospel in the world around us and in uh, all of our various settings. Uh, I want to talk today about the passage that we looked at from Mark chapter 1, but I want to zoom out a little bit because uh, Mark chapter 1 is possibly my favorite single chapter in the New Testament, uh, just in terms of uh, all that it holds. Um, The uh, term I would use for Mark chapter 1 is paradigmatic. That's a fancy term, but uh, basically uh, Mark, as a brilliant author, is establishing the paradigm through which Jesus is going to do ministry and the way that we should understand the gospel. And um, it, it, there's, there's so much there. I mean, I could easily take a five-week series to unpack Mark chapter one. Uh, we could uh, really look at it uh, even longer than that over the course of, uh, of months. I mean, there's just so much there in Mark chapter one. But I'm going to try to just summarize it in the next seven or eight minutes and uh, try to Uh, give you a bit of a sense of uh, the flow of Mark chapter 1 as it relates to the gospel. We looked uh, very specifically at Jesus' gospel statement in uh, Mark chapter 1 verse 14 when, uh, uh, 15, sorry, when uh, Jesus said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the good news. And that is, uh, that that gospel statement is a really important part of Mark chapter 1, but it's actually step two in Mark's exploration of the gospel in that first chapter. Um, It actually begins, if you go back just a little bit, in... uh, verse uh, 10 and 11, uh, really 9 through 11, uh, with uh, what I would call gospel identity. So Jesus, uh, the first action we see Jesus taking is going to be baptized by John in the Jordan River. And as Jesus comes up out of the Jordan, uh, the way that Mark records it is he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Now, it's important to note that Mark states that before Mark states anything about the work that Jesus does, uh, anything about the preaching that Jesus does, the, uh, the, the healings that Jesus is about to do, the uh, calling of disciples, none of it. Uh, the, the first thing that happens is the pleasure of God based solely on who Jesus is, not at all on what Jesus does. And that's vitally important for us. We are loved and accepted and um, uh, we are pleasing to God, not based on what we do, but based on who he's made us to be. And we operate out of that acceptance, the love that God has for us. We gain confidence from the identity that comes from him alone. We uh, gain our footing and our forward movement based on him, not based on what we do or uh, how people receive what we do. And that was true for Jesus. So Jesus' movement uh, began with a gospel identity. And we see that because he's uh, challenged in that identity when he goes to the desert. We don't know that through Mark's account, but we know that through Matthew's account and Luke's account, that there uh, were challenges to him in the desert being tempted by Satan that were identity-based challenges. 
So out of that gospel identity, then, Jesus makes that gospel statement, the one that we looked at on Sunday, that the kingdom of God is at hand, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. So uh, I don't want to go back through that again. We spent a bunch of time there on Sunday. But that gospel statement is a vitally important declaration. It's like uh, the way I've described it as the thesis statement for Jesus' ministry. Uh, this, this is what he's going to do. Uh, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about kingdom. Uh, he's talking about good news. Uh, he's talking about a, a change. Uh, what what uh, the, word, the English word that's used is repentance, uh, but a change of mind and heart and worldview, seeing the world differently. Uh, that's the heart of the gospel. But then right from there, uh, we move uh, from gospel identity to a gospel statement into gospel calling. And so uh, the passage that uh, Dave read on Sunday included that calling of the first disciples uh, when Simon, who is also called Peter in, uh, later, uh, uh, in the later portions of the gospel, uh, Andrew, his brother, and then uh, James and John are called by Jesus. There's this immediate following that happens because Jesus is... Is calling based not on qualification, uh, not based on uh, whether or not they've uh, achieved, or whether or not they believe the right thing, or even are the right kind of people. He's calling based on uh, b- based solely on willingness. Their willingness to leave everything and follow him is the sole qualifier, and that's important for us to get because many of us don't feel qualified. And in uh, in some uh, worldly or objective ways, maybe we're not qualified. Maybe we don't know enough. Maybe we are really, really broken. Maybe we're still in the midst of sin. But in the midst of all of that stuff, whether it's uh, these four guys or whether it's Matthew, the tax collector, that's going to be called in the next chapter of Mark, uh, Jesus is calling not based on our qualifications, not based on our knowledge, not based on our doctrinal, uh, how solid we are doctrinally. He's calling us based solely on uh, who, uh, our willingness to follow. And so that gospel calling uh, happens. And as that gospel calling happens, what immediately transitions in Mark's gospel is what I'm going to call gospel demonstration. Jesus doesn't first go preaching the gospel, although there's some teaching that is definitely happening in the, um, the, the next section of Mark's gospel. But um, there is a, um, a demonstration of the power of the gospel that happens through uh, healing a man who has a demonic spirit that happens through the healing of many people who uh, show up in various ways with various needs uh, from Simon Peter's mother-in-law who uh, has a fever to uh, all of the people, this is the way that Mark records it, who are sick and oppressed by demons, all of them being healed um, from diseases and demonic influence. And, and that demonstration of the gospel always uh, goes hand in hand with the declaration of the gospel. And that's important for us to get, that the, the um, message that we have is not a message devoid of power, but it's a message filled with power. And uh, Jesus shows that through that uh, gospel demonstration. And so by um, going into these different places and healing and demonstrating the power of the gospel, uh, Jesus is showing that this message that he has is uh, not, not, they're, they're not just words, they're not just ideas, but this is the supernatural power of God. And so for us, as we recognize uh, the call of Jesus for us to follow him, 
And in following him, that means preaching the gospel, among lots of other things. Uh, We don't simply preach the gospel of ideas. We preach a gospel of power. We preach a gospel of supernatural healing, of uh, supernatural uh, understanding and work that comes through the, uh, the, the, the acceptance of God, the love of God, the calling of God. The gospel of God, the kingdom of God is at hand. And while it's already and not yet, it is already. And uh, we need to lean into the already portion and not just excuse it away with the not yet portion of the gospel. And so finally, that leads to the fifth movement. So just brief recap, we started with uh, a gospel identity, uh, moved into a gospel statement or gospel declaration. Uh, then we went to a gospel calling and then gospel demonstration. So there's this flow that's happening in the book of Mark. And that gospel demonstration uh, paired with the gospel declaration seems like that would be a good landing point. But what we find is that Jesus gets up very early the next morning after a long day of, of teaching and healing, and he goes out into a dark and desolate place, is what Mark tells us. And um, as he's praying, Peter and others uh, come find him, and they say, hey, everybody's looking for you. And he says this, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. There's a gospel sending that Mark wraps up this, uh, this chapter with. And um, uh, the very end of the chapter, and at least the way the chapter break goes for us, is another healing. It's an odd healing that I'm not going to take time to dig into today. But um, it's, it's moving back into gospel demonstra- declaration and demonstration as part of this ongoing cycle that Mark is uh, helping us to see. But there's ascending uh, that, uh, that happens. And as we talk about Spring Grove, as we talk about Shrewsbury and Hanover, as we talk about um, serving in places like El Salvador and the Holy Lands and uh, Macedonia as we get ready to send a, a team of women to Macedonia and all of the different places that we're called into across the street and around the world, that gospel sending is a key aspect. Uh, th- this is why I came, Jesus said. This is why I have come out. This is why uh, I have uh, stepped into the work of God, because as I'm doing the things that God the Father is calling me to do, that means taking the gospel into other places, into new places. And that's what we need to be doing as well. We need to be those who are receiving the gospel, uh, recognizing that we're accepted by God, uh, we're identified by him, uh, recognizing the, the very nature of the gospel itself, that it's good news, a good news declaration for the world, uh, that we're being called by God to follow him, that uh, God is supernatural and he is demonstrating the truth of the gospel, not just in ideas, but in uh, actual power, real power that's happening in the world around us. And then finally, that we're being sent out into uh, all of the other places, uh, the, the surrounding towns and villages, because that's why we've come. That's why we've been sent. Mark chapter one has so much in it. I know this went a minute or so long, but uh, man, there's so much there. Uh, I hope that uh, you may maybe take a minute to read Mark chapter one and meditate on uh, where you fall in that five act uh, drama that Mark lays out for us in uh, Mark chapter one. May the grace and peace of Jesus be yours. May you sense his spirit on you and in you and transforming you and flowing through you to a waiting and watching world. Have a great rest of the day. Uh, I will be back with you one more time tomorrow as we wrap up the podcast week uh, and move into another great weekend. Grace and peace to you.